Episode 9, Neil and Mike back for another week. And for anybody that's concerned, I have an empty bladder. <laughs> we were delayed a few minutes because... I, 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 literally, <laughs> I literally sent Mike a message just before we were supposed to start recording. I'm like, I just got to run to the pisser. I'll be right back. Oh, is that a really Canadian thing to have like all of these different terms for going to the bathroom? Okay, what other ones are there? Just out of curiosity. I'm gonna go hang a piss, rock a piss, yeah, the pisser, bleed the lizard. Um, this is turning into kind of like the uh, the sex ed class in varsity yeah. blues type thing. <laughs> is this where the dicks hang out? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pedro. Pedro? <laughs> And now I have to watch Varsity Blues again. Um, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So what can I say? I'm trying to increase my water intake because it was a habit I kind of got out of um, in my weight loss journey. And I'm trying to get back into it. And, Interesting. Yeah. I would have thought that would have been a big part of it. Well, no, I, I, like I had gotten into it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I kind of went off the rails on the weight loss journey in October. Um, uh and parts of November and I'm trying to get back on the wagon, so Got to it. speak. And part of that is increasing my water and I've been trying to do that and I'm getting better at it. Nice. But the flip side of that is holy bathroom trips. <laughs> like so, oh, it is ridiculous. Um, the, the good thing about that is I'm now currently working from home. Nice. Yeah. As so, <laughs> Well, yes, but now, not that you should be bragging, because you get to do that anyway. Touche. Uh, so, um, I found out I get to do this now until probably January 11th, barring any big changes. Which is not that far away now, which is crazy. It's stupid. It's honestly freaking me out. I can't believe it's like we're literally three weeks away from Christmas. <sighs> Honestly, what, what, there's several things that worry me about this. Mainly the whole shopping thing. Yeah, I agree. I mean, most of our stuff is bought. The only people that we, we have to buy for, and I sincerely hope they aren't listening. And based on what our numbers probably are, I can pretty much assume they're not. But um, my nieces and nephews are the only people we have left to buy for in Moose Jaw. So that's it. But the other stuff that we have purchased is all still in transit. Like it's all been purchased and it was all purchased between mid to late November. So it should be here between now and mid December. Got it. I am um, one of my best friend works for FedEx as a sales rep. He's been there for like 15 years. Oh, okay. Uh, and he and I were chatting about shipping. <laughs> yeah. And the, the effects that COVID's had on shipping and just I can only imagine on it. Yeah. What I never thought of is that you've got that and now you've got the holiday season, which naturally puts a strain on it. And I never really understood that there that shipping companies have capacity issues, just like every other company. Oh, I just for never sure. thought of, I never just because of the scale at which they deliver it, I just thought it's almost like you have infinite capacity. No, like they have to like vet customers. Like how many packages do you plan on sending? Because if it's not enough, we're not going to do it. Yeah. They've had to turn down business, which is crazy. 
Oh, of course. Yeah. And then you like certain parts of the country have issues anyway. Um, mm. Like if you look at, and I'll use Newfoundland as an example, only because I've talked to friends and family there and I know they've had issues for the longest time there. There's the Canada Post Depot in, I believe it's uh, Dieppe and yeah. uh, where a lot of their parcels go through. And like, I know somebody that purchased, uh, I think a couple pairs of pants. I forgot from which retailer, but they sat there in Dieppe from May until literally last week. Wow. Like they had opened up a thing with their credit card, uh, like an investigation. They were trying to get their money back because they paid for this and they never got it. It's been sitting there for months. And then they got their money back from the credit card thing. And all of a sudden, then last week, about a week after they got the money back from the credit card, the pants showed up. That's insane. Right? But it's they are not the only person going through this. And then I know like people up and say like Yellowknife, same thing. So we went through it. We went through it at the beginning of spring when we moved. We were lucky enough to buy a house that had a pool that needed to be basically redone. With okay. the winter, the winter was not kind to it, and we bought the house in the winter. And everyone thought the pool was in good working order, and then the ice thaws, and it's like, nope, can't swim in that. Anyway, to try and get pool stuff this year was insane. In April, we ordered a pool liner and a heater. We got the heater at the end of July. Ooh. And we got the pool liner in the middle of June. Oh, and my goodness. It was, and it just, there was no supply for it. And if there was supply coming across the border, it just wasn't making it through the border in time. And it's yeah it's crazy the impact that it's had on just parcel movement or just movement of goods in general so i'm i'm really hoping that this stuff gets here in time for christmas or where it needs to be for christmas so fingers crossed um, i have a good, i have a feeling that everyone's going to be pretty understanding this year not, I hope not so. that people shouldn't be understanding in general yeah. but i think this year the knock on wood, the good people of this world are going to be very patient with each other and just know that it's not going to be normal how we do things. And that's okay. I, I agree. But uh, I digress. So I mentioned uh, that I get to work from home for the next little bit. I, I went into my workplace to grab the supplies that I need to be able to work from home. So I've got this nice big screen here now. Yeah, nice. I've got, I've got my laptop. I've got all the supplies that I need to be able to do my job from home. Nice. I went to set it up maybe an hour before we were going to record tonight. And I've got this like situation, like it's cased. It's looking nice. It's a good setup. And I'm down to the point where I need to just plug in one more cord and then I can turn everything on, make sure everything's good. And I left that last fucking cord in the office motherfucker yeah exactly and i just started like my inner samuel l jackson came out and i just started cursing i just couldn't believe how stupid i was and now i have to go back there tomorrow at the end of the day for one cord what how long is the drive long enough (laughs) too (laughs) long One minute's too long. <laughs> yep, yep, long enough. That, I, like, oh. It's just frustrating as hell. The, uh. the side of me 
that is very impatient with things like that. Like yeah. in terms of like when I, especially with tech and we'll talk a little bit about this when we talk about work from home, I don't like waiting. I don't like ordering it off the internet because yeah. I want it now. Like yeah. I need a second monitor. Great. I can have Amazon delivered in a week or, but I want it now. So I'm going to go and I'll be back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And some things are easier to justify buying it online and waiting a week than yeah. others. Sure. Right. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. It's like uh, if I need like an, like a HDMI splitter for something like on my TV. Yeah. Okay. For the sake of being able to get one for 10 bucks, as opposed to say run into Canadian tire and get one for 25, I'll wait a week. But yeah, if, like you said, if it's a screen or something like that, you, for how much you can get them, yeah, I'm just going to go and get one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So needless to say, I'm... Uh, That's a pain. Yeah, I'm not impressed with myself. It's like when, you, when you're a kid and you're trying to put together a Lego set and you realize when you only have like two or three steps left that you've fucked up and yeah. now you have to take it apart and it's like... Uh, the adult version of that is putting together shit from Ikea. Which, uh, don't even get me started on Ikea. Oh, friggin' Allen keys. Oh, God, I hate them so much. <laughs> oh. How frustrated are we and how frustrated are the few people that are listening potentially just forgotten chords? In I, I, I honestly... <laughs> I honestly hope whoever invented that burns in hell. Oh. I got to ask, the cable that you left at the office, it's not like a common cable? No. No, it's not. Got it. No. Um, and this is going to, like, I realize, of course, throughout this entire part of the conversation, it is a total first world problem. Oh, poor me. I get to work from home and I don't have this cord. I get it. And it's my own stupid fault. <laughs> I will fully admit that. Yeah, um, working from home, I, like, I, don't be so hard on yourself with that because working from home isn't always the most glorious thing in the world, which we'll talk about. Like, yes. It, are we fortunate that we, are, we not only get to work from home, but like, that we get to work? I think that is, that's where I feel more fortunate. The work from home is, everyone looks at it differently. I'm fortunate to work from home because that's what my job is. Um, the, the cord in question is, uh, I have a laptop, um, but it's one of these laptops where the screen flips over all the way and it operates like a notebook. Uh, it has a touch screen, uh, which is great for some of the things that I do, but because of how it's designed, it has limited, uh, ports for USBs, things like that. Yep. So I have this docking station that is attached to it, yep. uh, through other cords. And the docking station is great. Unfortunately, the cord that I forgot is the power supply for the docking station. <laughs> I have an alternate dock or, or uh, power supply that I thought I would be able to use for it. I did some quick Googling, can't use it. Completely different power supply. So. I feel so bad for you, man. I'm so sorry. One more day of working on my laptop without the nice big screen and the dual screen thing. And dual screen is a game changer. I've, I'm rocking. Dual yeah. Screen plus the screen on my laptop right now. And it, it's awesome. The only saving grace for me, and I'm trying to, you know, silver lining this thing is that at least by me going into the office tomorrow, a, 
I can go pick up crickets for my daughter's frog. Ooh, there you go. Saves me a trip. Multitasking, good. B, maybe I can convince the family uh, to do some fat burger for supper. Ooh. Right? Get You're the lettuce. Anyway. Exactly. And literally, the pet store and the fat burger is like not even a five minute walk from each other. Oh, I mean, so it's like go get go get like a lettuce wrap double king burger or whatever they call it from there, and you're laughing. Yeah, I so I think that's a fantastic idea. So I'm thinking, like I said, silver lining. So, yes. but speaking of working from home, you and I at the moment are both doing so. There might be a couple other people that are doing so that are listening to this, um, but you've been doing it longer than I have. Yeah, I've been, I have been doing it since oh, just over a year now. Okay. And just over a year where I did go to a co-working space for a little bit of it. Okay. So kind of like a WeWork, but not WeWork, just some, a local one in Toronto that just some guy had opened up some space. And I did that more so because I lived at the time in a condo that was all open concept. So there was no quiet space for me to go and take a call without my wife mm. hearing and everything. Mm-hmm. So, I did, so I would go to this work co-working space, but it was just me. Like everyone else was in there was just different companies, different people, whatever. And I never yeah. even with them, but I have been like really, really work from home. Uh, probably. Yeah. Probably for just, just under a year. So, given that you've got a year under your belt, I'm assuming you've got to have some pretty good tips on working from home to like maybe get some good habits going, some things to avoid. Yep. What, what, what can you share? I think well, there's a few. Um, one I found, I've actually changed my office, I think three times since we moved into the house. Okay. Two, two of the times were just shuffling the actual, like where my desk was. And then the third time, was actually building some stuff for my desk so I could have more monitors. And I've painted the office. It used to be this ugly yellow color and now it's like a gray color. I have found doing that, it makes it feel like it's a change of pace. It doesn't feel like you're going to the same place every day. Even though you are, just little changes in your room or where you're in your space that you're working just Mm -hmm. makes it feel fresh. And for me, I have always enjoyed that. I just, I like that organizational element kind of tied to it. Okay. Uh, two, I would say you, to the best of your ability based on your living situation, try to have a separation between where you work and where you live. It makes a big yeah. difference because it doesn't feel like you're constantly working or you're bring, constantly bringing your work home with you when you're already at home. I understand that that might not be realistic for a lot of people based on where you live. I know I have a lot of friends that live in one bedroom apartments or one bedroom plus 10 condos in Toronto with roommates. You don't have space and it's hard to kind of make that separation where I think that's where I go back to the first point, which is like just change up things like put a plant on your desk or uh change the background on your computer like just little things to freshen it up but the more going back to my second point the more you can to the best of your ability kind of separate your work from your living space the saner i think you're end up you're you're gonna be and i feel very fortunate now because i have an office that i can close the door on that's in my basement Mm -hmm. and it's completely separate from the upstairs yeah definitely 
I, I've appreciated that. And I know, again, that's not a reality for absolutely everybody. That's, I mean, that's a very fair point. And I'm very fortunate in that sense too. And I realize that's not the case for everyone. Um, you've been to my place when you came yep. out to see TNT one time. Yep. I mean, we've got a, our place. It's not a huge place, but it's a 1200 square foot bungalow and we've got a developed basement. So we've got three bedrooms up and we've converted one into an office and it's big enough that we've got two desks in here. So I'm sitting right now at the podcast desk, which is also my work desk. It's big enough that I've got my Mac laptop that I'm staring at right now, but I've also got my computer monitor and my work laptop and it's, I'm not cramped. (laughs) So I'm the same. Like I've got my desk. I built my, I built a riser for it so I could put my monitors a little bit higher so I could have my laptop on there. Uh, I've got a futon behind me that can then go into a bed. So we've been able to use my office if we've had people within our bubble stay over. Nice. Again, like I've got more than enough space and that makes it very comfortable for me to work where I am to, to do these podcasts, do my work, play my guitars, anything like that. The other thing I've noticed about your space, because again, for if you're tuning in for the first time, when Mike and I record, we're doing this on Zoom. You've done a couple things to kind of personalize it. Like you've got some stuff on the walls yeah, to kind of make it your own. Yes. That's yeah, got to help. Got, yeah. Like I've got a painting that my daughter did when she was five. I've got Our Lady Peace tickets that uh, Taggart gave me uh, a few years ago. I've got the Flatliners EP up on my wall behind my monitors, which you can't see. I've got a poster from the CBC tragically hip show. I've got a picture from their last show picture of my wife and I in Cuba. Like I try to put a lot of family stuff in here and things that are just important for me, much like you. Like I look at your room, your room is phenomenal. I am not going to start listing off all the shit that's on my walls. We can't. Um, Because it is ridiculous. You've got the TNT poster frame. You've got the Jan Dan podcast tour. You've got an Ann Murray album. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) the greatest it's, it's you and it's all the things about you. And actually I think the one thing I've noticed because I work with a lot of, I work with a lot of customers, people want to see that stuff. They're in your home. Like they're pretty much in your home at this point because they can see you and they can see the room that you're in have your personality there. And if you're not comfortable with that, you can blur out your backgrounds. You can turn your camera off, whatever. But I think one thing you mentioned to me a few weeks ago was maybe start to think about like little ways to kind of just go a little bit more. And I've started to think about that. Yeah. You totally got to, why wouldn't you, right? You're, you spend so much of your day down there. That's the thing. I really, I do actually really like this room. Like, I feel like I finally have, have made it mine. I've never had a room that was just mine. Same with my wife. She's never had a room that was just hers. And she has her own office for her business as well. And so we both have space for ourselves. I spend a lot more time in here than my wife does in her office. But like, mm-hmm. I come down here to play guitar. I just close the door and actually play guitar without going upstairs. I'll come down here at night after folks go to bed, maybe watch a little YouTube for a bit. Like it's just, it's comfortable for me, which I really, really like. I honestly think what we should do maybe after the episode drops sometime before the end of the weekend, we'll take some photos of our actual respective offices. Yeah. And put them up on the podcast, social media. Yeah. People can see what we're dealing with. I like it. I will say, because I agree with the points that you've made from my limited experience about working from home, but a couple other things that I need 
to bring up uh lighting yes lighting is a big one um, very much so very especially this time of year yeah when it gets dark super early i don't yeah. have windows in my office so lighting is even that much more important oh so yeah super sale yeah totally uh for me like i'm i do have a window but i work 7 30 to quarter after four so i start when it's dark and i end when the sun's starting to go down already mm. so gotta have some decent lighting and i know everyone harps on it in the workplace and it's gonna seem like such a cliche answer but seriously ergonomics you need to be careful um Make sure your monitor's at the right height. Make sure that you've got a decent chair. Make sure that you're in a comfortable position because if you don't, you're going to mess something up and then it's just not going to be good for you. And to that point too, don't sit at your desk all day. Get up. Oh, like, yeah. Walk around, stretch, walk do around, whatever you got to do. Like this, again, it's about changing the space so it doesn't feel like everything that you do in this one room is related to a certain thing. That's at least, that, that's been my, men, my mentality. Now, with that, there is a company down in the States that programmed, uh, an, uh, designed an algorithm. And this algorithm, <laughs> when combined with some predictive text, came up with some work-from-home tips on its own. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And some of these are pretty friggin' funny. So, Let's hear it. without further ado, here are some of them. Get yourself a headset and a dedicated shirt because you're stuck inside a small world of laundry for roughly 115,000 years. <laughs> the door is the key to a flexible workspace. The door shut or not. Okay. Wash your laptop with some kitchen things. <laughs> kitchen things. Stretch your legs over your face and keep them elevated for the day. <laughs> Establish regular jeans to work in. They are designed for sitting remotely for years. That's a good one. <laughs> tomato time is your best friend. Work away from the kitchen for a few weeks, and then it's tomato time. <laughs> tomato time. Tomato time. <laughs> Pay close attention to sound in your immediate life. It may seem obvious. But some of those noises are the host of a good podcast you can dive straight into. <laughs> and the last one, you don't have to answer emails for people who claim to be perfect. That's, that's good life. That, yeah, that last one's actually strangely appropriate. Yeah, good life advice. Not bad bot. Good job. Good bot. Yeah. Yeah. The, the tomato time one, though, has to be the best one. <laughs> it's tomato time. It's <laughs> so stupid. I like a tomato I don't know why. I just picture it like uh, the Kool-Aid man busting through a wall. Right? Exploding in the ketchup. Yeah, instead of, oh, yeah, they hit the wall. Oh, and there's no. just tomato juice all over the wall. <laughs> uh, We've got uh, Clamato's new mascot there. Oh, God, don't even get me started on that. I friggin' hate clam. Oh, it's so wrong. Oh, then you don't Ooh. like Caesars. No, I hate Caesars. I know it makes me un-Canadian, but I cannot stand Caesars. Blasphemy. Oh, honestly, uh, we did it at a pub golf uh, one time. 
and it was a required drink, and I gladly took the penalty strokes to skip the drink. That's I, such a shame. I can't do it. I, it's not that I couldn't even try. It's supposedly the best Caesar in Saskatoon. I gave it a shot. I still can't do it. Oh, yeah, can't do it. I still I live and die by the the phrase on Letterkenny when someone offers you a Caesar, you have a Caesar. I, I get it, and I get why people enjoy it. It's just not for me. So, on that, let's take a quick break. Yep. We'll come back, and then we're going to talk about some Canadian bands. Woo-woo. We'll be right back, folks. All right, ladies and gentlemen, back for part two, and it's tomato time. <laughs> I want, I want, I want to make a picture of what this thing looks like. I like, I just, I have a vision of something from like Tim and Eric or Eric Andre. Like Eric Andre would be perfect. Like tomato time. Oh <laughs> I'm sure somebody that's more artistically inclined than I am could probably come up with something. But yeah, for sure. Oh, man, it would just be absolutely ridiculous. But we digress. We had a quick conversation. Uh, We've talked music a lot on the show, and rightfully so. Uh, I firmly believe, and I don't know if you agree with me or not, but I firmly believe that music is a really big help when it comes to my mental health journey. Oh, 100%. It's always been super important. And I find that because of the fact that I find it helpful, I'm steering away more from, say, the stuff I would usually listen to and going more towards more of some of the classics. And I'm talking like soul music, yep. maybe some funk, a little bit more popish type stuff. Yep. Not full on pop, but you know what I mean. I know so, exactly. Yep. Um, but that's just me. It sounds like you're, you have a similar opinion. Yeah, I think I still stay within the realm of music that I normally listen to. I just probably listen to more of one or two genres, that much more. Yes. Like a lot of acoustic music, for example. I like that. Actually, I really like acoustic music while I work. It's just nice and calming and kind of consistent. But then like lo-fi hip-hop. Totally. Like by beats, like that's just, again, low, consistent, just it kind of flows really nicely. Uh, you catch yourself, like, nodding your head, you know, get your shoulders into it, whatever. Yeah. But it's not distracting. No. And it's one of those things, I think, from, like, when I think about it from a mental health standpoint, it's, like, it's just kind of where you go with how you're feeling. So if I'm, if I'm feeling overwhelmed, for example, I want to slow things down so I'm not listening to, like, thrash metal. <laughs> totally. But when I'm, like, when I'm ahead of the game and I'm feeling really good, it's like, fuck, let's get that hard rock pumping right now. Yeah. And that's when I'll break out, like the heavier stuff, the faster stuff and all that. Totally get it. But we were talking uh, about Canadian music and Canadian bands. And we wanted to have a conversation about who some of our uh, favorite Canadian musical acts are, whether it's single or bands. Yep. So we've got a list put together each, including some honorable mentions. Yes. Um, so why don't you kick it off and let's have a discussion about some of our Canadian favorite canadian acts there we go my number one the hip 
And yeah, they're they're up there for me too, obviously. And I knew you were going to lead off with that. It's, I mean, they're not just from an importance level in Canadian music history, but just for me, they're one of the only bands where when I listen to them, I vividly start to picture myself in certain places or I, if I'm going through, if I'm doing something, like when I went backpacking through Algonquin, uh, the hip have a song from Music at Work. No, is it from Music at Work? I think it's from Music at Work called uh, Wind Down the Pines. Hmm. And I think a lot of it's based on like being on the water and being surrounded by pine trees, which is what pretty much Algonquin is. So I found myself sitting in a canoe putting that on my phone while we're paddling. And it's just like, you're listening to that. And I, so I, I very much associate a lot of their music with places, scenarios, things like that, which I really like. Yeah, I agree. And I think they they are, they're my top Canadian band of all time. And I mean, I was fortunate enough to have seen them live. I fortunate enough to have gone to, uh, there's a great venue here in Saskatoon, pre-COVID, obviously, to go and watch them perform at the final concert that was broadcast nationally, commercial-free. And how often does that happen? Yeah. Really, right? Like, you think about that. It, that does not happen. No, so, the country, Like, the country kind of stopped. Yeah, the, whole, the country pretty much shut down. Yeah. Um, which really says something about it. But at the same time, I would almost say that the hip, and I don't mean this in a negative way, I would say that they are probably the most underrated band. I would um, say that they are the band that you would hear at your local pub on a Friday night. That's but, what they reminded me of, just like five guys who just want to play music. But if you go and ask just about any American who the Tragically Hip are, they're going to think you're crazy. Yeah. That's the other thing. They're kind of ours. They are. And that's why, that's why I said, yeah, they are. It's not a bad thing. They are underrated worldwide, but that's what makes them special. Yep. So when I say underrated. They can come to Toronto and sell out Massey Hall for a week. Yeah. Like, so. So yeah, when I say underrated, I I don't want that to have a, a negative connotation. No, no, just underrated in terms of popularity. Yeah, worldwide. Yeah. Um, but they are so quintessentially Canadian. Absolutely. So yeah, I'm with you in terms of number one. Yeah. Uh, with that said, I will go to my next one though. Let's let's hear it. Bare naked ladies. I almost had them as an honorable mention. Yeah, I had to put them on the list. Um, the fact that they were able to crack the, the national attention, that bubble, right, by using some, some toonies and loonies at Speaker's Corner back in the day at Much Music, by covering a Bruce Coburn song, putting out that independent cassette tape, and launching their careers that way. It was unheard of. Yep. And I don't think it's been duplicated since. No, I can't think of any band. Like the only, the only one I can kind of think of is Bieber. Because Bieber Maybe. was like playing in Stratford with his acoustic guitar on the streets as like a 12-year-old kid 
putting the videos on YouTube and the Nusher finds them and yeah. then but uh yeah maybe maybe sure but let's say pre YouTube I can't think of another band that had that type of success no it would have had to have been on some like reality show yeah like, exactly like that and you go back and listen like even the last album last couple albums like when they debuted uh Canada Dry on TNT like that is such a good track it is like if you go like and it's almost always on one of my rotations yep it is such a solid track so yep. it's hard to go wrong with them um yeah they've got some you know poppy you know top 40 type songs but they've just got some fantastic stuff so they they are easily one of my top three Canadian bands. The bass player, I don't remember his name. Um, uh, one of the Corgan brothers? I think. The redhead. Yep. Um, he lived just up the road from my condo. And I think at one point had kids that went to my daughter's school at the time. Oh, okay. Because he was act- a, actively involved in the music program there. It was part of the parent council band that would go and do like benefit shows like once a once a year type thing nice that's awesome see that just makes me appreciate him even more yeah he seems like a he seems like a they all seem like really great guys i met stephen page at uh at at strombo's house when he was there and he was a dynamite dude too like that's awesome salt of the earth so yeah that that would be my number would have been my number two, but you stole my number one. So thanks for nothing. Go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with my number two. Okay. Neil Young. Yeah. Yeah, not going to argue with that one. And again, he's, one, he's an artist kind of like the hip for me, where I visualize his music almost. Not, but I, or I put myself in places or situations based on his music, or I have memories based on his music. and. The album that, that came out this year, uh, Homegrown, which was, I guess, the unreleased album from 1975 that is like kind of like a middle ground between Harvest Moon and I can't remember the next one. But it, it was meant to be like kind of like that bridge between these two albums that never got released. Mm-hmm. Holy fuck, is it amazing. I haven't listened to it. I have to give it a go. Oh, it's so good. So, so good. And I don't know, I just, I've always loved his music. I love that it's super folky. I love that there's some country tied into it. I love that there's rock tied into it. He's kind of like the hip where he talks about places and the places that mean things to him. He talks a lot about Canada. He talks a lot about living in in the States and living in California and living on a ranch and things like that. But I've always just, I've, I've always just been really enamored by how simple his music is, but how good it is. Yeah, totally. I totally get it. I think my next one is probably going to set some people off Ooh, because it's like of all the big Canadian acts that you could think of. Yeah. This is not one of the ones that people would probably think of. Okay. Great big C. Dude, don't underestimate that. Well, that's what, that's my reaction. Right. But I'm a total fanboy for great big C. I've literally seen them play nine times live wow i've met the guys a couple times they are great guys uh it like i 
do not have enough kind things to say about them. They are great live. They are just as good, if not better live, than what they are on the CDs. I would, I would say... I muted myself there. Yeah. I would say that they are, <laughs> they are 100% better live. And not saying that their albums are amazing. Live, just... Their music is so perfect for it. Yes. Again, they're kind of like a bar band. They're they that, totally are. See at like at an Irish pub or just any local pub. Like that's and that's something really. Again, I don't know if that's unique to Canada, but it's it's certainly coming up in our top five already. That a lot of the bands that we kind of flock to are kind of like everyday people. Everyday totally. Band. Yeah, and so they are. And I've been very fortunate. Like one of the first times that I saw them was while I was still living uh, in Newfoundland, I went to, this is going to be so lame, but my very first concert ever was the Irish Newfoundland Music Festival. And it was a weekend concert series at the Glacier Arena in Mount Pearl, Newfoundland. So you bought your tickets and it was like $20 got you a weekend pass. And it was all like, you know, local bands, like, you know, and a lot of, as you would expect by the name of the concert, a lot of Celtic Newfoundland music. Absolutely. Um, and there was a young band that was one of the headliners for the weekend. I, I believe they were closing out the Sunday night, uh, was Great Big Sea, and it was around their time uh, that their self-titled debut album came out. So, and they had uh, their song, What You At, was being used in Newfoundland Telecom commercial. So, if you want, you could probably look it up on YouTube. It's a horrible ad but the, <laughs> but the song is great so uh, so that was my first time seeing them um and i was automatically hooked seeing them multiple times the best show i've seen was they hosted one in st john's called uh, the great big picnic it was them uh blue rodeo big sugar bear mcneils and there was a couple other bands before them Wow. Uh, it was fantastic show. And at the end, like they all came out and like did a couple songs together. It was just, yeah. That's cool. So that they're my number three. That's, that's respectable. I think it's a, that's an underrated number three. I don't even have them on my honorable mentions list. Yeah. But, that, but as like, like you've piqued my enthusiasm for where they are on your list for sure. Mm-hmm. I'd hear right. yours. Number three for me, Sloan. They're actually in my honorable mentions. So, Love those guys. Sloan, for me, was the first Canadian band that I could identify with as like alternative music at the time. Yeah, totally. Uh, just like underwhelmed. Uh, I was going to say, that's the one that got me. She was underwhelmed. Yeah, underwhelmed. Yeah, overwhelmed. underwhelmed. Underwhelmed. 500 up. If that's a word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, it's not because I looked it up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, just for for me, they were one of the first. I remember them vividly on Much Music too, and being the first band that I remember kind of comparing to Nirvana on a Canada level, yeah. not in terms of popularity or even impact, even though I think they've had a pretty significant impact on Canadian rock music in general, but just the look of them reminded me of what you would see on with Nirvana or any of the other kind of bigger U S grunge bands on much music. And that totally. I was like, 
I know it's not he- it's not super heavy. It's a lot more melodic and everything, and kind of a little bit poppy, but there's still a bit of an edge to it. I was going to say, musically, though, they're so talented that they were able to do a lot more. They ended up putting out an album, uh, the one with Money City Maniacs on it, that basically sounded like a Beatles album. Well, yeah, I was going to say, you look at that track, um, not, oh, it wasn't that album, it was the album before, um, Everything You've Done Wrong. Yeah. Like, that is a fantastic track. Yep. So I agree with you. And they are, like I said, they were one of my honorable mentions. And for yep. good reason. They are a fantastic band. Absolutely. Absolutely. Who else did you have on your honorable mentions? Uh, other honorable mentions? Rush? Yeah, I had them on mine. I couldn't not have them. Like, they had to be there. Oh, of uh, course. Yeah, I had them on mine, too. Uh, Our Lady Peace? Yep. Age of Electric, who were probably one of my favorite my favorite bands but like not one of my favorite canadian bands i guess that's i don't know that's weird but i, I kind of get it though like they're one of my like i vivid like i like repeatedly listen to them mm-hmm. but i can't say that they like that wasn't imp- it wasn't hugely impactful i guess is the thing that i'm kind of going for whereas who's on my favorite canadian bands list are like the impactful ones yeah i get it um, so Age of Electric, I'm Mother Earth. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Big Wreck. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, and then I have an underrated band. Matt Good Band. Yeah, I agree. Matt Good in general, whether it was Matt Good, Matt good Band yeah. or Matt Good Solo. I think those are both very fair. My favorite track had to be Apparitions. Such oh, a good God. track. Yeah. There's so lots I, of them though. They've got a ton of bangers. Like it's it's oh, insane dope. actually. Like they were probably they had to be one of the top three biggest Canadian bands during that span in the nineties. Yeah, that mid to late nineties, like they were pretty much on point the whole time. Yeah. Well, look at my my honorable mentions list is basically a lot of the bands are from those mid to late nineties. Like yeah, that was totally. such a crazy time for Canadian rock music. Like insane my my honorable mentions i've got a few here that you didn't mention um you mentioned the guess who though so i'm not gonna go there um this is gonna sound so lame but april wine that's again underrated underrated Uh, as well they've got some real to, to borrow the phrase from you they've got some real bangers blue rodeo yeah, I when you had mentioned that you had saw them at that festival, how do you not mention yeah, that? How right, do I not have them on my honorable mentions. Yeah, and Big Sugar as well, especially their early stuff. Like if you go back and listen to that early stuff, it is so heavy and bluesy and just oh, it is so good. Just dirty um, guitar. Yeah, so, like slide guitar. Oh, it's and, just yeah. so good, really uh, good. but. That obviously, I mean, you got to go back and listen to it. Like, Drive Like Hell is just yep. an absolute banger of a track. Yep. Uh, Three Days Grace. I almost put them on there too. Yeah. Uh, uh, it, it's, it, it's hard not to, especially like whether it's the more recent stuff or the earlier stuff, they've been so consistent. Yeah. They're, I really like them. Yeah. Like I've always, and I've always really liked them, but they're kind of like Nickelback. 
in the sense that they've got the formula. They've got their sound. 100%. They do. And, like, even with the different singer now, you still know it's them. Like, they kind of play this slow, hard rock, almost. Yeah. That, like, you can still move around to, but it's just kind of pacing. It's just... All their songs seem to be like that for me. Even though I, I love listening to them, I would be the first person. Oh, I be totally. I don't listen to them probably almost every day. Yep. No, I agree. Uh, and again, my last one's going to come out kind of from left field because they haven't had an album in forever. But back in the 90s, I was a big, big fan. Crash Test Dummies. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. So, I mean, I was, I was a huge fan. I had all the albums. I love their stuff. It was this weird, I mean, Brad Roberts vocals and this like weird folksy like tracks that they had going on with the mandolin and all the other stuff going on. It was cool. I, I, I dug always, it. I always called them friends music, like friends, the TV show, like it's bands yeah. like that here on that show. I totally show. got it. Like Arlie Peace has one song, I think. What's it called? To to save a man's life or to save a life? Where oh first yeah, I yeah. That, I'm like, you wrote that for ER or Grey's Anatomy, 100. percent Well, in fairness, you could almost say the same thing about uh, somewhere out there. Like that's a CW song. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I heard that on Dawson's Creek. <laughs> but you could say that all about like every band almost, right? Yeah, like that's the thing. And, and I don't it, care if it's getting no. you paid and it's been selling you records. Have at it. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, yeah, I'm not shaming it by any stretch. But it's like it's that type of music where it's like when you hear it, it's just like I. It almost sounds like someone came to you and said, "Like, can you write a song that we can play in our show?" You know what we need. We need somebody that is musically inclined to write a song called Tomato Time. We do. That's what we need. And then we need somebody to come up with a concept for a music video for it. We do. You're thinking about this. Now the wheels are turning. I can see it going now in your head. I'm going to try to create something. (laughs) For the music music wise. I'm going to try. Okay. But yeah. If, if anybody else out there has the ability or wants to try, or even just like sends us a YouTube video of like, this is the song that you would use for a tomato type song. <laughs> oh God. Of all the things that we could like actually like hang on to and get going with friggin' tomato time. Oh, I think we need to end it there because, you know, things are not going to get any better when we're hung up on tomato time. No. Um, if you still want to check us out after all the tomato talk this week, make sure you go to our social media outlets, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. It's all podcasts. You can check us out at podcast.com. Uh, you can check us out on Spotify. We've got a couple playlists, including a new one that we just started last weekend for Christmas. We got a holiday holiday podcast playlist for you to check out. Which you can also find on podcast.com. Yes, dot com. com. Why are you <laughs> questioning it? You put it together. <laughs> I, sometimes I go .ca, sometimes I go .com, but what I was going to say, which I tend to say every episode, is that the website's not that good. Oh, God. <laughs> Don't be so hard on yourself, okay? This is a pet project. <laughs> I know. I so, know. But feel free. It's a collaborative playlist. 
both of them are the podcast regular playlist and the christmas yeah. one feel free to add some tracks with the christmas one the only one we ask is that if you're going to add a track maybe don't go off the rails and add something with some language because maybe we want to play this with the kids around maybe we do so just gonna put that out there okay what christmas songs have language in it oh let me tell you offline okay okay until next week everyone stay safe stay healthy take care of yourself and everyone else that you can and we will talk to you guys next week bye buds <laughs>